What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Today's guest is an innovative industry leader and mentor to many. He carries a tradition of integrity, quality, and service in his projects. He has over 35 years of experience. He is the owner and founder of Looney & Associates. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Looney. Welcome, Jim. Hey, thanks. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. I know we were just speaking before about how um, I love Fridays. I think we all love Fridays, but it's just a nice time to... I love doing these podcast recordings too, to just kind of step out of the batter's box, kind of catch up on all the things that need to be done and, you know, just get ready for the, the relaxing time of over the weekend, which sometimes isn't too relaxing when at home. <laughs> yeah, our days are a little fuzzy. Uh, they run together, but, you know, it's good to have that, um, you know, kind of bookend to the week, you know, and here in our office, we, we use Fridays as the day, you know, try not to schedule too many um, outside meetings. It's mm -hmm. more for people to catch up. Um, and it worked with our hybrid uh, work protocol that we have now. So, uh, yeah, I encourage people to relax and work. If they, you know, if they're here, work in a relaxed way. So here in the office, people are gathered around tables and, uh, you know, not as much pressure as during the week. Totally. And it's so interesting to figure out all the different ways of like, I don't think everyone's really figured out what the new work looks like. And it's exciting to see everyone just experimenting with how many days in the office is hybrid, more in, more out. And it's kind of exciting. It's, uh, it's like an efficient uh, marketplace of ideas that are happening right now. Yeah. And we're, we haven't really settled on exactly what it's all going to look like, but I think it's all good. Yeah. You know, we, we have done a series of surveys. We did one as recently as last week to see how we're doing. And the results were, were great. You know, in, in large, we're, we're doing a good job. Um, you know, that middle of the week is uh, a little bit more structured, um, you know, with Mondays and Fridays uh, being the, you know, again, the bookends of the, of the week. Um, but by and large, really good. I, it was it was really great to read some of the responses. Um, you know, a couple of interesting ones were: hey, I get to, you know, I get to stretch. You know, between meetings, um, I can eat healthier. You know, the commute is a lot easier. You know, if you're on Zoom, um, and we have different offices uh, here in Dallas, we're more of a commuter office. Uh, in Chicago, uh, people take public transportation. So a commute is a commitment, an hour and a half. So, totally. you know, being flexible there or just avoiding traffic in our Honolulu office, um, our guys are, our folks there uh, commit. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's different in every city, every situation. But some of the great responses were, I get to kiss my dog. Uh, you know, yeah. Or, uh, you know, and I thought really a great one was, you know, hey, in between calls, I might be able to do a chore. And I can do those during the week. So my weekend, um, that's not what I'm doing all weekend. So 
it was really it was really good. We we rely on these surveys. Yeah, and everyone and it's so interesting because like no one is the same. Everyone has their own needs and everyone has their own priorities. And I think that as as this I, marketplace of ideas of what the new work looks like, um, and then it kind of settles in all these areas. I think it's allowing for everyone to do what's best for them and be be themselves more. And I think mm -hmm. it's all it's accretive, right? It, everyone is benefiting. And I think it's a real silver lining that's come out of this. Now, some people are fighting it. A lot of people are, like you are embracing it. And it's, um, it's good. To, I, I don't know. I think I love change. I think change is how we all evolve. And uh, it's exciting to see. I wanted to um, just let everyone know that you and I came here today to speak because we were in Miami at an event. I was sitting with you and we were talking about this podcast that I had started and, you know, speaking with the Michael Bedners of the world and uh, the the uh, Lenny Parkers, although he didn't want to be on the podcast. He, he <laughs> had a nice conversation with him in his home. Um, and I don't I haven't spoken to Trish Wilson yet, but just thinking about like all these founders, or, like the people who kind of started our industry and like what the provenance of all of us are from those really great kind of first movers within this hospitality design industry. And you, um, like so many, came up under Trish Wilson. Right. And, and, and I just think it's so amazing to see how many people and careers and inspiration came from a Trish and a Michael and a Howard and like all of here. And I just, I wanted to kind of, tap into that like how did you first meet her and then like I would assume she would be considered like a mentor of yours as well but like how did you find your way into this world yeah it's um <laughs> yeah I feel like yeah those were the leaders uh they really established the hospitality design industry as we know it and you know the way Trisha did it was um, residential designers and she had residential designers and then hired architects. So that mashup created, you know, just a great combination. Um, there were some great projects that launched her actually here in Dallas with uh, Tremel Crow. But, you know, I'm so fortunate, Dan, to, to have been, I feel like I had a front row seat and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I came in at a time when this industry was being formed. It was, that was the genesis. It really was. Um, I think Michael Bedner, um, you know, again, in that same strata, you know, we're creating all of this. And kind of the rise of hospitality industry as we know it was, was then. So I'm, I consider myself for, so fortunate. And then, you know, that created this wonderful family tree that uh, had its roots back then. I just happened to, you know, um, come in at a time when it was forming. So, you know, again, I feel so fortunate. And then all the people that, you know, uh, you know, that family tree has been growing and growing. Uh, and it's just, it's the most fun in the world. We okay. are so fortunate yeah. to be in this business. You know? um, one of the things that strikes me about working with your teams and in, in the offices around the country and the projects that you work on. And it's not just me, but I hear it from so many other people. And I'm curious, like how you 
scale this and probably get it out of your head. But whenever, if, if we think of a project, you're building a hotel, you're opening a hotel, there's so many different inputs from construction to design to architecture to everything. And I find that there's this idea of a return on time, right? How can we all be the most efficient and organized to really deliver a great project? Um, and from my experience and from what I've heard from others even re very recently, um, the deliverables that you guys pull together and your organization and documentation, it just makes the process, nothing is ever easy, but it really makes the process really smooth for all parties. As a furniture supplier, I'm sure as a general contractor, as an owner, as all of the, all of the different consultants, how did you, and, and it's also very similar through all of your offices, yeah. right? And through all of your, your, your great team, how do you embrace that value and how do you get it out of your head and into everyone else's so that it, it's just the way it goes? I'm very intrigued by that. Uh, yeah, there is a trickle down effect. You know, I think there is a, an attitude, um, you know, and I think it's probably modeling, you know, how to, how to treat people. You know, when I started, you know, one of the big things was I felt like I could start my firm when I believed I could gain the trust of people, of a client, you know, that they trusted me. And it's a big it's a big thing. It's a tall order. Um, they have a lot riding on it. Uh, developers think about the, the millions. Think about the heartburn that they have when you know things are over budget or whatever. Um, so you know, I always felt like that. If I had their trust, then you know, you know, I could do things for them. I had a, you know, I would always make sure that. Um, you know, I could I could carry that through. I didn't take on anything that I didn't feel confident in doing. Uh, I started my firm doing um, renovations. You know, here's a guy um, probably going to give me a you know a 500 room thousand room hotel, but gosh, you know, I could I could do a renovation, and I trusted myself that I could I could do that. Um, so you know that that was the genesis for all of that, and that's what I hope that you know i convey to people that hey you can trust us we um we take that very seriously um and we just want to do a very thorough job again it goes back to my just ethos of helping you know my job is to help people so and in our initial calls and just conversations and then just knowing you over the years i get that feeling so much of the treating people well, doing unto others. And then how do you take that ethos, which is so important to you, that value? And how do you, how does that help you define what hospitality is? Well, you know, hospitality to me is making people feel comfortable in your presence. Mm. That to me, that's the definition of hospitality. Um, but, you know, this, the ethos of helping it works on several different levels. My job, uh, for instance, uh, for designers here, if they've, they've encountered a particular problem, my job is to help them get through that. From our, our clients, 
you're building a hotel, my job is to help you realize your vision. Because, you know, uh, we work in the public sector, we work with developers. Um, they have a vision. They want to they do something. They want to build a building. Um, they want ROI. They have all kinds of things right now. Um, so my job is to help them achieve that. Um, you know, that's that ethos of helping. And then we take it a little bit further, too, um, is outreach here in our own community. So that's that's a literal ethos of helping. Of help. Oh, so I actually I want to because, and that made me very curious because in all of the times that we've spoken, it's helping others, helping others, helping others, and and this ethos that I'm hearing you talk about, I'm really curious about what kind of like as far as an impact from a a charitable time, um, like what are you passionate about on that side outside of work to yeah. Of helping others, yeah. You know, we've done some things. We've had uh, connections with um, Dallas Independent School District, um, so we've we've helped them um, every year. We do a quarterly uh, outreach in all of our offices, um, and we have a group here that uh, channels those efforts every quarter. And it can be different. Sometimes they're repetitive. And that's um, very meaningful to, to people. It gets us out of our, ourselves. And then uh, something that I'm really, really proud of. Uh, I have a scholarship back at the uh, Faye Jones School of Architecture and Design where I got my architecture degree. And, um, and it, it, I didn't know this. Uh, and, and how it all started. Uh, yeah, tell me more but, about that. I didn't. Yeah, it's um, when I was inducted to Platinum Circle firm want to give me a gift and I'm pretty hard to buy for obviously um, you know what you need and you get it <laughs> yeah, my wife could tell you that um so they said well we'll do a scholarship so they contact the school of architecture and started this and so um and I didn't know this but when you establish a scholarship you can direct it any way you want to it can be gosh, kids from Dallas County, Texas, or whatever. I always felt like that we benefited, especially in hospitality, from a larger worldview. So mine is geared to the travel abroad, uh, study abroad program that uh, is in the fourth year curriculum. Because I believe that, you know, students ought to be able to, again, have a bigger worldview. I love that so much. And I just got goosebumps as you said it, because I don't have very many regrets in my life. But one is when I was in college, I never studied abroad and that kills me. And I, I wish I could have done that. And the closest I've done was a few years ago, moving to Vietnam with my family and opening an office out there, but like really being in a place for more than just a week yeah. or a few days and it's, I think it's the ultimate gift. And I think it's a real, it's something that as a family, we do all the time. It's really, it's part of us is travel. And to be able to give that to kids or young men and women at University of Arkansas to like encourage that, it increases the worldview incredibly. Yeah, and, and you know, they don't have the means necessarily or may not have had the means mm -hmm. to do it. You know, this is a mandatory program. And I, it, it wasn't in place when I was there. 
And I wish I had had it. I'm like you, David. You know, I wish I had had that. And, and like you, I'm sure, you know, travel is the thing that inspires us all. Mm -hmm. um, I was in New York and saw this um, it's a beautiful paving pattern in a very modern hotel. Wow, that looks really great. About two weeks later, I was in Florence. And there was that same pattern. So it had been, it had been around for centuries. You know, so that inspiration from travel is just, uh, it's invaluable, especially in our business and hospitality. Yeah. And it, it just, just to be able to see and experience all of our differences, which when you really get down to it, it's the same mosaic here and there, because we're all this mosaic and we're all standing on the shoulders of those before us. Um, yeah. Do you have any, do you have any good stories about someone who received the, um, one of the scholarships and then went on the, on the, the abroad experience and came back. Like, do you, do you get to hear those? Yeah. How, how you I, impacted them? I do. There's a, there's a young lady um, who's one of the recipients uh, here in Dallas. She happened to be from Dallas. I didn't realize that she was a recipient recipient, but we had known her. Our family had known her since she was a little girl. Went to the school of architecture. She was a recipient. We, um, and the program is based in Rome. Um, so uh, my wife and I were in Italy, happened to be in Rome and found out that she was there. So we all got together in Rome while she was there doing her semester abroad and got to talk about it and visit. And it was just, it, it was such a great experience. I mean, that was so really brought to life. It was so tangible. It wasn't just a name, you know, or uh, an event at an honors banquet. There she was in Rome. We were all together. It was just a ton of fun. Wow. And then does, have you ever had a recipient of that scholar, of your scholarship ever come and work for you in any of your offices? Um, I'm trying to think. No, but I have several graduates here from the school uh, and we do we do a, via the scholarship, you know, it's just really tied me to and given me an interest in students and what they're doing. So we we do critiques with the School of Architecture. Uh, the interior design program is now uh, in that umbrella. And um, so it, it, I don't know, it's been great to have that connection. Yeah, that's and and Again, you think about these students who are just coming out and to be able to broaden their worldview and give them this experience, it only enriches. And I'm sure there's a, this idea of paying it forward, right? So that they're gonna get it and then they're gonna remember and then they're gonna pay it forward. And it has a, it's like throwing a stone into a, into a pond, right? The ripple effect. And you know, one, another gratifying thing I just learned about a month ago that the mm -hmm. first recipient is now opening his own architecture. Wow. Which is great. Great, a uh, great young guy and um, so proud of him. You know, oh, so that's that, amazing. Yeah. So, and he said, gosh, I want to make sure we stay in touch. Um, love your advice. Can you be a mentor to me? Continue to be a mentor to me. Um, his, his career uh, goes forward. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so it has a lot of uh, has a lot of legs to it, you know. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, so I, I love the idea of, of helping students and um, I'm, I'm pretty involved with this organization called the Opportunity Network. I actually was just at their gala the other night nice. and it takes all these kids from high school and then sometimes I'll coach kids on how to write their essays. They've never been to college before. Um, it gets them placed and coached in college and then it helps them out, not just in high school, but also through college getting them placed in internships. And I've been very passionate about that and getting it coming into our industry and hospitality, because I just feel like whatever we learn of serving others that I think is so deeply entrenched within our industry, it's transferable to everything, yeah. to every industry. It's just, it's being empathetic. It's, it's thinking about how someone is going to experience walking through this space or, you know, it, or like, what is this? It's always putting others first is what is yeah. what I find and what drives me and we can all learn from that mm -hmm. and you know you think about the nature of the spaces that we create and you know you're furnishing you know we're, we're doing that for, for somebody we don't know <laughs> you know uh, who's going to walk through those doors we don't know um, so we hope it has that appeal you know again we're doing it for others that um, maybe we'll get to meet them maybe we won't yeah. And then, okay. So then I want, so let's say you fit, you're, you're at university of Arkansas, you finish, you have your architecture degree, right? And then how did you find your way back to Dallas or to Dallas? Yeah. And, and, and how did you find your way into the hospitality industry? I'm really curious about that. Yeah. You know, um, I found my way here through a classmate when we graduated, he um, went to work for Tricia. And uh, so he, uh, uh, I was in Dallas and he, he called and said, hey, I'd uh, love for you to be my wedding. Come to America. He's marrying a person from Fort Worth. Came to the wedding, was in the wedding, met Tricia, met, met the group. And then he called me a few weeks later and said, hey, uh, we're gonna be hiring. Uh, why don't you put your name in the hat? I said, sure, came over. And six weeks later, we were in Dallas, and the rest is history. So I'm wow. just so fortunate. So you know, it's, you know, life. I think you heard the speaker at HD a Summit this year, Dan. That I think she was director at the MoMA. Said life is has is like a vector. You know, you set your vector. I want to be, you know, an engineer. I want to, you know, set a course. But then all these other vectors come in. You know, so that. That's how there are a couple of those, you know, that uh, got me here. So I'm, and I'm just so fortunate and happy uh, to, to be doing this. And what year was that? Well, see, I started there 82. Wow. So then 1982, you're there, you're working with Patricia. And then um, like, were you interacting with her every day? Like, what, like how, like, she is just so inspirational and amazing to me and yeah, I didn't I, I don't know I've only met her a couple of times I don't know her that well but that's yeah a, I, I was the 15th person wow in that firm and we had sequential employee numbers and I think you know they uh, went to thousands after that but yeah so yeah we were on a, and it was a growing firm it was a you know fun time so yeah it was mm -hmm. very it was kind of intimate you know um a good group of people core group of people Wow. And then, uh, and then you go and you, you fast forward from 1982 to now you're in Dallas. 
Mm -hmm. you're in Chicago and you're in Honolulu. Honolulu. What prompt, uh, to me, Honolulu is like the dream place. Like what prompted (laughs) you to open the office out there? Um, We were working on a project on Maui and it was a a large project, kind of end to end, top to bottom repositioning Mm -hmm. project there. And um, which one was it? uh, It was the Marriott Wailea. Uh, for Sunstone properties. And uh, it needed, it was, a, it was a big project. So it needed some boots on the ground. So um, that's how that started. We had traditionally or historically done work out there starting at the Juana Surfrider there in Honolulu some years prior to that. And it uh, there's always a, a place that was just, it was just great, you know? So, Okay, the Moana Surfrider actually, I had a life changing experience there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know how it's uh, it's got the big uh, mangrove tree out in the in that central courtyard in the back, and there's a bar. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, do you know Do you know a guy named John Staub? Do you ever meet him? He's out in Hawaii. He was with uh, Phil Potts. I, I never, I never met him. No, um, I was sitting out there with him, and I was asking him. I said, "Hey, John, how do you?" you know, he would always go on these great vacations, like trekking up to, I don't know, like base camp of uh, Everest or like always. And yeah. he, he would take these big, like one month long vacations. And I was like, how do you do it? He's like, oh, I just have a really good team. And I, I go out there and I do it. He's like, you should do it. I was like, for a month? He goes, yeah, just do it. And I started to like have a panic attack. I was like, I can't go away <laughs> for a month and unplug. Like, that's crazy. Um, but I had a trip coming up for a week uh, to a family. We go to this family camp up in New Hampshire. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do one week. I'm not going to touch my phone or my computer. And it was the greatest week of my life at that yeah. point. And now I do it every single year. But when I was up at the, in New Hampshire, I wrote him um, a postcard saying, oh, thank you. This was amazing. I didn't know like how present I could be with my little kids running around. And um, I said, hey, I'm going to be out in Hawaii and um, I'd love to see you. I got no response. I emailed him like I was coming in August, yeah. no response. I got out to Hawaii and it turns out he'd had a stroke. Oh, no. And then I didn't. It was some trade show that had come up later. I saw him. He, he's better now. everything's fine now with him. Um, I haven't seen him in a while, but I saw him. He was riding around on his like he was on a rascal. He was still going through physical therapy, trying to get everything back to normal. And I ran up to him. I gave him a hug. And he said to me, he goes, I got your letters. You see, I've been busy. He goes, yeah. but now you see why it's so important to do that. Oh, well, that brought it home, right? Brought it home. And it comes back <clears throat> to that whole idea of like Friday and taking the time. And like, I think that also truly is like one of the silver linings coming out of all of this that we've been through. It's as horrible as this whole pandemic has been for so many people, um, I think it's also forced us to like really think differently about things, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, I've heard, I've heard silver lining um, several times in reference to, you know, looking for the positive, you know, in this situation, Mm -hmm. where can we find that silver lining? But yeah, it, it really, you really have to adjust your lens for a lot of things, you know, totally. you really do, um, you know, and in, in here in our, in our firm, we want to make 
sure as much as we can that work, you know, that's not the thing you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, we as business owners, we have, we have lots of, lots of things we <laughs> that keep us up at night, but um, you know, for, for people here in our offices, you know, it, it, it gives me uh, you know, greater sense of peace that they don't have that to worry about, you know, they yeah. focus on other things. And, but when we are here, we're pleasant. Yeah. And you, I mean, in all of your offices, you've built such a great team. And I know you didn't do it alone. Like it's, it's your team. Like, um, but I think a lot of that comes from you as well. And I heard you say, you know, as a business owner, what keeps us up at night, what's keeping you up at night now? You know, it's, um, (laughs) you know, we've been through, I've been doing this long enough that we've been through a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been through, you know, the World Trade Center, you know, terrorist attacks. We've been through recessions, you know, big downturns. And, you know, like John Tish said, well, just throw in a pandemic. <laughs> what, yes. else, what else can there be? Um, but, you know, I, I, I really do think about people, you know, um, are things fair and balanced, you know, as far as our projects, workload? Um, is that okay? Um, you know, and, you know, one of the folks that, uh, one of my first clients said, and and I believe this too, you know, if I can do things that, the things that are under my control, you know, I can focus on that. Things that out of my control, I I can't. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't predict a pandemic, Um, but I'd had enough experience with other kind of ups and downs to anticipate some things that might happen. Pandemic kind of really skewed things, you know, created some situations where we never have known about. Um, but back to your original question, um, keeping things fair and balanced, uh, making sure that, um, you know, people can um, maintain their, some sense of balance. You know, and we were we were a very flexible firm even before this happened. Mm-hmm. But this, um, which is great, because uh, this helped us, you know, continue to to get through all this. And then, as you think about, okay, so we're getting through it. You have great teams all over. Like, what's exciting you most about the future? You know, I. It's funny. I think that because of this new lens, we're starting to explore just different things, and they may be right in your front yard. You know, I think before we had the opportunity to travel wherever, you know, the world was our oyster. We'd go anywhere to do anything. You know, we've been limited in that way now, so it's forced us to to I don't know, appreciate things that are maybe right in so as far as things that excite me, it's just that um, kind of reawakening that's happening. Yeah. You know, reawakening with, I want to get closer to my family. Where are places I can go that I can do that? Um, so that may guide us to, gosh, you know what? I want to be outdoors with my family. You know what? I want to, I want to be in the excitement of a city. Which city can I go to? to do that. So it's, it's a little bit of a reawakening of all those things. 
then as you're reawakening and looking at things differently, like how are you, what are some things that you're doing in your business and with your teams that are different than you've done in the past? Like how, how are you continuing to evolve? Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, it's pretty fluid uh, right now. And uh, probably what we've been doing, you know, what we did a year ago is different than what we're doing now. You know, it's again, like you've probably heard, um, you know, we're, we're um, fixing the airplane while we're flying it. I'm sure you've heard that many times. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, but doing things differently, I think we're, um, I think a lot of people are, you know, just more casual. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not as uh, demanding or as exacting mm -hmm. um, about expectations. We know that there are, everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different. So I think there's a, there's more tolerance for that. I, I think, you know, delivery of our projects is still uh, speed to market is still a thing. Um, you know, doing things for our own time on budget on schedule are still, they're still there. But I think and, internally, you know, we're, we're, we're just more tolerant. I like that. Calm. And then I, actually in one of our conversations or, or before we started talking to you, you were telling me about Grove studio. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Like that seems to be something different as well. And innovative is that, yeah, I, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a division uh, within our, within our firm that does product design. Um, and it's, uh, we started doing surfaces, more focused on surfaces. Mm -hmm. um, so we have, um, uh, we provide design for, uh, for instance, studio art in Vicenza, Italy. Uh, they're a leather company and we had used their leathers on upholstery for many years. We saw that they were doing uh, wall tile. Mm. Um, it, was, it was very interesting, but for us, we needed something. It was interesting because, you know, for us surfaces, you know, it can be millwork, it can be stone, it can be wall covering. Um, leather walls was, I don't know, it, it was very interesting to us, but they were not of a scale or an application that we could use in hospitality. We needed bigger things for lobbies or restaurants or whatever suites. So um, we created leather panels that um, have metal accents. Um, we also do textiles, textile design for James Dunlop out of New Zealand. Oh, wow. um, so you're like full, like product designing, industrial designing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Link um, here in Dallas does beautiful outdoor furniture. Uh, working with them, look wall coverings. Uh, also here in Dallas, we just launched a line, and that's what um, one of those is. Uh, one of those lines is nominated for HD Product Design Award. Oh, for the HD Awards coming. Yeah, for the HD Award coming up. So. Oh, good. We're excited about that. And which one is that again? Uh, it's Look. Look. Yeah. Okay. Placed here, placed here in Dallas. Oh, good. I'll have to. I'll have to check that out, and we'll we'll definitely put it in the show notes because I also think like as a business owner entrepreneur always evolving and growing and like putting people first and grow and building these great teams of people 
throughout your tenure, just the the amount of like intellectual property and just design for because every project you see is a is a new constraint. They offer all these new constraints, and you're always trying to figure out how to like bridge the gap on those constraints. And you must create and, and just have such a vast library of so many different materials and and new ways of thinking about challenging or addressing old problems. And that's kind of cool that you're doing that. Yeah, you know, it's um, we're in the design business. We do most of our projects are custom designed, you know, case goods, um, you know, it kind, of, it kind of threads through virtually everything we do. Um, so we thought, well, gosh, we're, we're doing this. We love doing it. Um, maybe we can help people um, supplement their design efforts. And, and people have been very receptive to it. You know, we're always looking for different things. And <laughs> it's so funny. Our office, we're, I mean, it's full of wonderful products and materials and things, you know, but it's, gosh, it's almost never enough, you know, but we're, we, you know, that, that's what we do for our clients. We're editors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're the filter for all those things. Hey, I want to do a great restaurant or uh, even, Hey, I want to, I think I want to do um, a natural stone floor. Well, that's our job to go out and find that perfect floor, the perfect pattern, the perfect thickness, draw it, design it, present it, you know? So, yeah. and you have to really put your yourself in your client, not just your client, but all the guests that are going to be coming through there as well. And how do you, and that it's just like the ultimate exercise in empathy. It is, you know, you're creating a stage set mm-hmm. of sorts, you know, for some, but, and I believe it has to feel immediately comfortable. I, you know, I would say, you know, guest, you know, they're not in the design business, they're, they're laymen, can't put their finger on it, why, why they like it. You know, a lot of times they can refer back to a piece of art or service, you know, the person, the man or woman at the front desk was really great, super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the envelope that we've designed, you know, I may not be able to put their finger on it. I just like it. Uh, it feels good. <laughs> and that, I think that's also in a way a frustrating part about what we do in that oftentimes the best experiences are when you actually don't notice what's going on, right? You're just, you're fully present and mindful about what you're doing right then. Nothing is distracting your attention. You're just completely in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, you want those, you know, the Instagram moment has become something, you know, um, some people, you know, want that. Um, but, you know, I think it, I think it has to be um, natural, you know, I, I don't think it can be contrived. Some people, you know, sometimes there are those fun things. It's, you know, creating that picture postcard moment. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, we, the most successful are things that um, it, it, it evokes a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you look back over your career and before your career, and you think about just people that you've worked with or interact with or learned from, who do you think was your biggest mentor on your journey? Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, naming uh, someone who was really instrumental was 
uh, Jim Rimmelsbach. He is an architect at, at Trisha's office, who's super talented. Um, I was new to the hospitality business. We were all kind of young guns then, but he had, uh, he was, he was, he was my mentor, I would say. Um, great architect, great sensibilities. Um, I just learned a lot by observing. And, and was there any one um, situation or moment that really impacted you the most as you were kind of learning from him? Um, I'd say, Dan, um, I would, we would travel to projects. Um, we got to talk, talk design. I got to see it in action. And, you know, we, on several occasions, we got to fan out a little bit. You know, if we were in Boston, we got to go, we would make sure we go, we went to see things, um, you know, that uh, were inspirational. We got to, it was more, uh, you know, being with him. That was great. And observing him. And then, you know, there were always things about, he would teach me about scale or uh, things like that, that, you know, I, I used when I drew things. And if you could plot a line from Jim through you to your team, like, mm -hmm. what do you think you've taken from him and that you've kind of paid forward, paid forward? Um, you know, I think it's um, maintaining, maintaining an eye for detail and for scale. You know, a lot of what we do is, is, is intangible. You know, it's about taste or, um, you know, your sensibilities, I'd say, you know, putting colors together, materials together. And Jim had just, just had that great eye and that artful eye, I'll call it. Uh, but he also had the ability to, or he led me to, um, um, resources or a way of thinking that always made me look at the scale of things, how things fit mm. um, in a space. So that was always something that helped me a lot. And I know, and, you know and, and bringing that, stitching that through to all of our projects. Right. And I know it's, it's very intangible and it's really like, it's really a sense of feeling, right? And and I, to me, I'm just always curious about like how, how, how can you take that feeling and, and share it and teach others to tap into that feeling as well? Yeah, that, that is a tough one. And, you know, I think there are, there are folks uh, here in my office, um, I work with elsewhere, who are good, very good teachers in, in that sense. Mm -hmm. And then I think there are people who are good models. They may, be, may not be able to verbalize it, but I think if you're around it, you know, you can probably pick it up. Um, but I think dialogue is great. You know, uh, having an explanation, uh, if you have a critique or you have a point of view is be, be open to that. Um, and being able to, um, you know, just talk about it, you know? I, I'm not a fountainhead here. You know, it all have, doesn't have to spring from me. I love seeing what other people come up with and um, 
you know, maybe I'm more of the symphony conductor or a lot of times I'm the, I'm the editor. I'm in that role because my clients expect it. But it makes me happy when I see people be their creative best. I love that you brought up the Fountainhead <clears throat> and I've always loved the writings of Ayn Rand. Mostly, <laughs> I, think, I think what I've loved about it the most is if you mix up Ayn Rand, it spells yeah. Dan Ryan. <laughs> so I would always, and I don't know if I'm a little dyslexic or something, but every time I would see the, and there are big books, right? So when yeah, I look right. at the bookshelf and I see them, I'm like, mm. I, I kind of see my name in there. It's just kind of funny. There you go. There's but I love that. You're not a fountainhead. You're a symphony conductor. I like that. I mean, it's so true. And especially as you scale, it's really hard to be a fountainhead. You really have to be able to get the best out of your whole team. You got the timpani over here. You got the, the woodwinds <laughs> over here. You got the strings over here and get yeah. them going. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I want them to take the bow too. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not me. You know, it's, it's all of them. They do. And I'm so proud of them. They do so great. They work so hard, you know, to achieve these things. Um, but yeah, that's, I feel like that's, that's my role. And, I go, and again, it circles back to that. If I can help them be successful, then that's, that's my job. Yeah. That's Shortening my job. Their we'll all, we'll, yeah, we'll all, we'll all be successful in the end. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what, another, I, I want to add. Oh, yeah. We're so fortunate in this business to be able to see those results. You know, if I was... Um, Gosh, you know, in another profession, you know, um, you know, we leave a legacy, you know, a very, you know, a tangible, visible legacy. We can walk back into a hotel that we've, we've worked together and see it. There it is. You know, yep. it's gratifying. It's a, that's really, yeah, it's really Maybe exciting because it's a real tangible thing. I, I can go with my kids and say, oh, I, I worked on this one and you get to walk through it and yeah. It is touch that. it and feel it, uh -huh. and, and interiors too. I firmly believe that you know more and more, uh, no matter what the brand or what the product is, there's a desire for a story. That's that's a that's just a big thing. Uh, it's not about decorating a space or whatever. It's it's all about conveying a story. Um, you know, and I think that what we do. Uh, especially in interiors, that's when people really come in contact with the story. You can touch it, you can feel it. Um, you know, the materials you use, the art you place, the you want to convey, you know, a story that is comfortable and relaxing. Well, then, are you furnishings that way? Um, are the colors calming, soothing? You want it to be uh, um, bright. You know, I want to make it an energetic space. And that says something too. Well, it's also interesting to see, you know, you come up with a studying architecture, right? And then, you know, you have architects on one side and des interior designers on the other. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there's conflict between. And me <laughs> as an outsider, I, okay, I get the, you know, going back to the fountainhead, the architect, like building this great edifice. Yeah. But I, on the interior side, it is so much about, more about the people right because it's how are they interacting and playing and and feeling within the space and 
do you see a conflict between architecture and interior design? And how did you reconcile your journey to interior design? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm just fortunate that I got in this swim lane, you know, um, and I would, and I love being an architect, you know, that's one of the things that defines me. Um, but I love interiors, especially hospitality interiors, but reconciling all that, I, I think it was, I was fortunate. Um, because I'm an architect, I could relate to shell building architects, you know, spoke a language, knew what, whatever he's talking about. Um, but I think now uh, it's more blended. Um, it really is. Now there are programs in schools that focus on interior architecture. I think that, um, um, you know, it's more, it's more integrated now. Uh, I know at even the Faye Jones School, um, they're creating a graduate program in hospitality, um, which is great. Wow. And interior design and architecture, landscape design are all in the same school and they're layering in vertical studios. So everybody gets to work together. So while it was separate, you know, when I was starting out, it's becoming more blended now. And uh, the interior experience, especially in hospitality, especially, is very important. The genesis of the concept a lot of times is manifested in the interior. Totally. I love being an architect. Good. Well, you know, you get to understand the, the entire spectrum of yeah. the building to the experience within. And I think oftentimes that's, you know, I feel like a lot of architects just go down the architect path and that's fine. Yeah. But I, you know, I always get upset when I see the conflict between, because like you're saying, where they're bringing these entities together, like everything feeds off of and informs each other. And I think it's really important to have as much of that cross-pollination as possible. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, a lot of owners, a lot of developers want that um, interaction, that play you know sometimes they you know some ideas come in conflict but it's it's i feel like my job a lot of times is to make sure that it's a complete thought at the end of the day mm. that's that's one of my jobs i think that's something we do very very well is creating a complete thought yeah and telling that story yeah yeah and you know resorts you know it's a little bit fuzzier architecture is Interiors and, you know, and shell building architect kind of blend it's fuzzy anyway. But um, again, in any project, it's got to be a complete thought. Okay. Uh, one of the things I like to do in these conversations is I, I like to go through a little time machine. So imagine you, Jim, that I'm talking to right now, teleports back to the gym just graduating architecture school. And you're standing in front of yourself. What advice do you give yourself? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, be open. Um, there are there there are a lot of paths to achieve the same result. There are a lot of paths to achieve satisfaction, fulfillment in your career and be open to, to that. I never dreamed that I would have a life in hospitality interior. I, I didn't know that. Um, 
So I would I would say, um, yeah, take don't um, don't have blinders on about the profession, and because I think a lot of times you know professions kind of guide you in a certain direction. Um, but yeah, stay open minded. Uh, look around. Try to look around the corner. I think that dovetails nicely into the idea of the vectors that we were talking about, right? There's just, you just never know, right? And if you're open, if you're truly open, you're just open to the experience that's coming into you and you adapt and move as you go without blinders. I I love that. Yeah, Um, but that's a great question, you know? It's good because, you know, we, I think, again, I said earlier, I have very few regrets. I really don't. It was really that I didn't go to um, live abroad when I was in college. But I think that even with no regrets, I think we can still teach ourselves and others by our own life experience. So I think it's just a good way to kind of just check in and kind of have that out of body experience so that we can all learn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that would be great. My, my hair would be a lot darker. Um <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> and, uh, uh, but no that's a that's a super great question um you know because yeah as you know it's it's a journey you know uh, and you know people people have been the biggest influence you know there are things that have been influencers you know great spaces great cities great experiences but it's all about people i totally agree and um if people wanted to reach out to you and learn more about Looney and all the things that you guys are up to, how can they, uh, how can they do that? Yeah, we have a very active social media um, presence, you know, and LinkedIn, uh, feel free. Um, you know, my email is, uh, you know, happy to post is Jim L Looney dash associates. Um, yeah. And we'll put all we'll put all that up in the show notes as Please well. Please do. Please do. Um, I love the idea that people are really the experience, and that is really the journey. All the other stuff is just kind of is noise. So thank you. Yeah. It's really yeah, and, I, and I get it. And in all the and everything, it's all people. It's all others. It's treating people. That's what I'm hearing from you. And to hear you kind of wrap it up there, I, I totally agree. And that's yeah. as I'm learning about trying to define what hospitality is, you know, there's no, nothing black and white, but it's, I think it's all about people and the interrelationship and being able to think like the other. So that, that's all my ex- exploration right now. Yeah. We're designing for people, mm-hmm. you know, it's designed by people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about relationships, but the people have had the biggest impact. I know, completely agree. Yeah. Well, Jim, I want to say thank you so much for being such an incredible guest. I've enjoyed this conversation incredibly much. Well, it's uh, it's been a fun way to wrap up the week, Dan. It's always a pleasure to see you, whether you're um, in person or on screen. You know, we've traded a lot of travel time for uh, screen time. Yes. So um, it's always great to see you. And I hope to see you um, in New York. uh, Well, yeah. Um, again, that's really good to know about um, your wall covering um, that's going to be at the uh, HD Awards for a product. So I will definitely see you in New York uh, during the NYU Lodging Conference and also 
uh, the HD awards. And I think that's going to be awesome. And I also, most importantly, speaking of people, I'm just always amazed by the growth and just people who are listening to all these conversations. So I just want to say thank you to the people who are listening because people care and like we're in this really cool niche and people just want to know more and more and more about it. And I feel like it's a really cool way to fill in the gaps about what we do and why we do it. So if this changed your thoughts on how to deliver or think about hospitality or people, please pass it along, share the link and uh, we'll all catch you next time. Thank you, everyone. Dan, thanks so much. Great talking.